0: Welcome to Already Enough with Kelly Backert. This program is about realizing that you are already enough and nothing outside of yourself can fix you because you aren't broken. This program will help give you the tools to let go of old ideas about life and step into a new way of living. You will hear from experts, be given helpful tools and tips, and much more. Now here's your host, Kelly Backert.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm personal trainer and health health coach, Kelly Backert. Welcome to my show, Already Enough. Today's topic is um, a huge one for me. I like to talk about it a lot um, with my clients and with my classes. It's about dieting and um, how much I disagree with it, (laughs) basically is what we're going to be talking all about today. So a little background on me so that I don't come across as someone who like hasn't experienced anything. I, um, my own personal story is it's just deep seated in dieting. So I struggled for many years with eating, binge eating, under eating, you know, dieting, and really just, just hell on earth, really. It was just, it was terrible. So I wanted, I felt like I wanted to talk about this topic today because as a trainer, And a health coach, and working with clients over the years, I've I've changed my opinions. I mean, gosh, 180 degrees. So there was a time many years ago where I was running a lot of weight loss programs. I was doing bigger, biggest loser type um, weight loss classes, and now I couldn't be further from anything that has to do with that. And I think the main thing is because dieting didn't work for me, and It hadn't worked. It didn't work for any of my clients. Not that most of my clients lost the weight that they wanted to lose. Um, Most of them gained it back if they weren't doing it correctly. And I was just seeing this pattern and I thought, this isn't right, right? I've gotten down to the quote unquote weight that I wanted to be at, but I'm not happier. I don't feel good. I actually feel like I'm restricting. I feel like I'm on this constant hamster wheel of dieting and under eating and binge eating and restricting. And this doesn't feel good. This isn't the life that I want. I remember thinking one time, gosh, my friends, they, you know, I have one that's writing a book and I have one that's over here doing this. And this one has time to do all these crap with their kids. What's wrong? Like, I don't feel like I have any time. Well, I didn't have any time because I was constantly focused in on my diet. And my exercise to the point where it became like a full-time job. I was keeping the calorie counters, the the calendar with this. It was such a distraction for me that I wasn't really living my life. I was just living kind of a life on a diet. And it was so restricting and it was so distracting that nothing else, there was no time for even relationships. I remember it would have been my ex-husband um, at the time, We would want to go out to dinner, and I would just say to him, well, I can't go out to dinner tonight because I only have, like, 200 calories left, right? Like, and I would just look at him, like, how does – he would look at me, like, that makes no sense, which he should have been looking at me that way. And I would be looking at him, like, what is it that you don't understand? Because that's how I was. And it wasn't until – It became so isolating and so painful that I just decided to make some changes. It wasn't kind of, it wasn't like I didn't have one aha, like an Oprah aha moment. It was several things over time. It was the course of the isolation and the loneliness and those thoughts of like, hey, why does everybody else seem to be having a life, but I'm so focused in on this dieting that I'm not even able to allow myself to go places or to enjoy people because I have to be, you know, counting the points or counting the calories or something like that. So it is, and that's what today's show is going to be on. So what I'm going to do is just I'm going to share some stuff, and then I'd like everybody to kind of just be, as I share, maybe be thinking about how it is, what's going on in your own life with your own dieting, because this is January, and this is the time where everybody kind of jumps on that train. And I don't blame people, right? Like we're in this this culture where if you're not on a diet, like there's something wrong with you. It's very odd. Like I remember – It was a couple of weeks ago, I had a lady come up to me and she said, okay, so what is it that you do? By the way, I get this question all the time. What is it that you do? And I'm like, what do you mean? What do I do? Well, what diet, like, what are you dieting? Like, what do you do for your diet? Like, what do you eat? And I said, well, I don't really know. I don't really do anything. Like, I just kind of eat what I want to eat when I'm hungry. And there was like this pause, which was so funny she was almost waiting for me to be like, oh, just kidding. I do intermediate fasting. Like you could tell she was just waiting for me to be like, no, I'm just kidding. And when I just like stood there and said that, she was just like, oh. And she was almost like appalled by it. Like, how do you not, like it's very odd. So that's kind of, and that's kind of the, like the society in the culture that has kind of been created. So if you're on a diet right now, or you're trying to be in that place of willpower, I don't believe it's something you should be angry with yourself about. But I do feel like if you could be open today to listening to a different perspective, I think it would be, I think it could be useful for you. And obviously, as I'm talking and I'm giving you these these things, take what you want and you leave the rest, right? There might be some things that really hit home with you. And there might be some other things are just like, nah, that's really not for me. But as I talk about dieting and my belief in not dieting, the truth of the matter is, is that 93% of people that go on diets inevitably gain the weight back anyway, right? So they don't work. And in, in, in some of you listening are, the, are on that hamster wheel, and you have been for years and years and years, and that January 1st comes back around, and you're back on the diet, whether it's 5 pounds, 10 pounds, 25 pounds, and so... And you're, you're losing life. (laughs) We all have a purpose on this planet. And I feel like we're distracting ourselves with these five and these 10 pounds. So that's what this show is about. It's about empowering you to maybe see it in a different way, maybe to do some different things so that we have more room to serve our purpose. We have more room in our life to do the things that we love to do because we're not so distracted by having to be five pounds less or whatever that is, right? So the first thing that I kind of wanted to talk about was this idea of dieting advice. So I that the majority of dieting advice is actually like disordered eating, really. So I just feel like, um, again, it's back to the idea that it's become so commonplace that it's weird, it, it's weird not to, but I think that with all the different diets, whether it's the keto diet, the intermittent fasting, whatever, you have to ask yourself, the question is, does this feel good to me on an intuitive level? And does it nourish me? Does it make me feel good? Does it make, is it, or does it, is it like a distraction for me? Is it, is it making me cranky and fussy? And I hate everybody around me because I'm restricting all of my food. I mean, I just don't think that that's a way to live. And I don't think that these, um, I don't think that these diets work. It doesn't work for your body because your body is going to come back to its own set point. We're going to talk a little bit about this. There's a book out, it's called Body Respect I'm going to take a look at the author right here. I have it with me. Okay, so it's by two people, Linda Bacon and Lucy Frommer, and they're both PhDs, and they talk about this idea of, of a set point, which I totally believe in, and I have for many years now, is this idea that everybody's body has like about a 20-pound set point where it likes to be. So it's like a 20 pound range. And if you're kind of left to your own devices, that's where your body kind of wants to be and will always go back to if you're just listening to your body and you're eating when you're hungry. So oftentimes some of us don't like our set point, right? So we have to become really aware of that. Like this whole dieting thing, are we already at? Our set point and we're trying to push away from it. I'm not saying that you can't. I believe you can, but I believe inevitable and like inevitably you're going to come back to that set point because that's that's really truly where your body wants to be. So they go into deeper in that book, they go into a lot of deeper like science behind it. But I just wanted to kind of mention that because I think sometimes we want to lose this weight and we have this certain number that we want to be at, but it's sometimes it's just not realistic for our body type, our muscle mass, um, the way that our skeleton is and um, the way that we're shaped. So we have to have a little bit of acceptance and awareness of that too. So the next thing I wanted to talk about and, and make sure that we're talking about is um, this idea of appetite. So I think sometimes we think that we try to fight our appetite, right? Kind of silly to me. Like I remember taking in high school, I would take these pills. Like, I don't know. I'm sure they probably are still out there. I haven't looked in like, 20 years or so. So about 20 years ago, I guess I would take these pills and it said it, w- it would suppress your appetite. And I was like, oh yeah, I need that because I'm always hungry and I just love food so much more than everybody else, which is totally untrue. But that's what I thought. So what we have to remember with appetite is that it's just a, it's your natural inborn necessary thing. It's your biological imperative to eat, right? So it's it's also driven by we have this, we have just as a per like a human being, we have this thing where we seek pleasure and we avoid pain. So that's another thing that I'm gonna branch off in a is that everyone will say some people will say something about like, well, I'm an emotional eater or I eat for pleasure. And I'm like, okay, so what, is, what does that mean exactly? Like I feel like we're all emotional eaters and we all eat for pleasure. That tastes good and, and sometimes that's just why I'm eating it. Maybe I'm not even really that hungry, but it tastes really good and I'm seeking pleasure and avoiding, you know, that pain. So I think we kind of kind of step aside with that and just realize that our appetite is just a natural inborn and a necessary thing. It's actually a really great thing because our appetite is what tells us that we're hungry and what makes us eat and what keeps us alive. So just kind of down to the basics of it, it's really important, right? Um, if you're fighting appetite, I f- feel like it's kind of like fighting that need to breathe. So we have to be paying attention to that. I think when you're fighting appetite, it can mean a lot of different things. It can, maybe it means that you're like misinformed about, we need to, you need to learn about like how life and body works, or maybe you're hooked on poor quality foods, like chips and soft drinks and artificial sweeteners and things like that. And you're just um, in processed junk food. And if we're eating that and only that, I believe in eating all those things. And I I do eat all of those things. But if that's the only thing that we're eating, then our appetite is really going to come in strong because our bodies, if that's all you're eating, our appetites are, are, we're not getting the minerals and the nutrients that we need. So our bodies are going to actually be saying, even if we ate like a whole pizza or six cupcakes or, you know, that feeling where you're like, gosh, I just ate a whole pizza and six cupcakes. Why do I feel like I'm still hungry? Well, it hasn't registered in your body because you're, you're not giving your body what it needs. It's not getting the nutrients that it needs. So your body is still kind of starving. Yes, you got all those calories, but you didn't get the minerals and the nutrients that you needed. So that's another thing that kind of you're fighting your appetite can mean. And maybe even if you're drinking a lot of excess caffeine too, um, if you're trying to lose weight by fighting your natural need to eat, this isn't going to work for the long term, okay? And you're and if you're trying to maintain weight by fighting that, it just it's just going to be it's just going to be this idea that you have this willpower and you have to fight it, which is just not true, right? If you could just relax into it and realize, "No, I'm just hungry right now." You know, it's a little bit easier. And I think sometimes also if we're fighting the appetite, it can also mean something that we're attacking the problem where it isn't. I think sometimes our issues with food and body that come up, if we can take a second, it might be an opportunity for us to learn and grow. It might be kind of just like a tap on the shoulder, like, hey, something else is going on. So maybe if we can change our perspective into instead of thinking, well, you know, if I just like cupcakes more than other people, or I just like pee more than other people, or I just have this addiction to sugar. If we can maybe switch our perspective into something a little bit different, like, Hey, maybe I'm just really anxious about something, or maybe I just have some kind of, you know, I'm in this toxic relationship or maybe, maybe on a deeper level, there's other things going on and our issues surrounding weight and body are just a kind of a tap on the shoulder getting trying to get our attention and saying, Hey, you know, so when we're focused on, well, I've gained twenty five pounds this last year, well maybe we can need to go deeper into why Instead of saying, well, you know, I just had too many parties to go to this year or I just, you know, I just don't have any willpower or whatever that is. And sometimes there's medical reasons, right? So you need to check that out as well. But sometimes there's a deeper rooted, seated issue that's going on. And so we need to look at all of those things. And that just comes with awareness but we can't be in that awareness unless we kind of be in that relaxed state, which is why on the show, I've been talking a lot about mindfulness and meditation practice and taking a step back and kind of just coming back to our breath. Because I feel like if you're in that willpower grind, I can't eat any of this. I got to do this. Da, 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 da. I got to exercise six times a day. I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't eat this. I got to do this and be on this regimen and trying to be a pet perfectionist about it. That's a soul. It's never I've never, ever seen that work for the long term, short term, maybe long term, never long term. Even if the person kept that weight off for five or six years, is there a happiness behind it? How is that person doing that's what you have to kind of ask yourself, too, because I think we have this battle with, oh, my friend Sally, she went on the all soup diet and she lost 30 pounds and she's doing so great. OK, well, I don't know so much about that because it's not healthy. Right. So um, anyway, so just kind of as we're going in this today, I just want you guys to kind of just take a look, take a step back maybe at your relationship that you're having with food. Because I think, I think that it's a direct correlation with the relationship you're having with yourself. So if you're in a state of anxiousness and you're really anxious about things, then your relationship with food is going to be, a, there's going to be a lot of anxiety, right? If you're a very fearful person, like, oh, I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid to try new things. I'm afraid, you might be afraid of eating in general, right? So there's a correlation there. And if we can sometimes see it, it's going to help us. So instead of turning to the next diet, maybe we can start to do some other things. There's two different beliefs that I want to talk about as well. One, it's there are two toxic beliefs that I hear of all the time. It's one is food is the enemy. So if we think about how silly this is, like, so food is the enemy. No, food is not the enemy. Food is what's keeping you alive. So if you can step back and think of how silly that sounds And you can practice letting go of that thought when it comes, however it comes, like, oh, sugar's the enemy or something like that, however it comes, right? And then there's another toxic belief is my husband until – we have that surrounding a lot of things, not just food, right, until I have a million dollars, until I have a husband or a wife, or until I – and with food, it's until I'm, you know, a size two, until I'm a size four. So we're just waiting, We're just waiting for that. And then we'll start to do the things that we're here to do. That's so sad. And it's so disappointing. And I hear it all of the time. So those are two toxic beliefs. If you could just like write them down. And when they come, look, again, it's this idea of we're just kind of relearning some things, right? We've had this mindset of diet mentality. And if we could just go on Weight Watchers or if we could just count points or count calories or if we could just do intermittent fasting, then our whole life is going to be brighter and better which isn't necessarily true at all. It's honestly about becoming into more of our intuition and trusting ourselves more. We're going to talk a lot about that today, about this idea of maybe we just trust and we go into more of an intuitive eating. And I feel like with that, we can have more pleasure and we can have more um, energy to do the things that we're here to do. I think when we're in that state of willpower and that in that state of distress, I mean, we all, it's all very funny when you say it, but like everyone that goes on a diet is really kind of bitchy, right? We're all kind of very grumpy. So it's trying to stay in that state and not accepting ourselves for who we are and pushing against that. That's not going to suit us for um, the life that I feel like that we should all be living, which is our best life. So just a couple of things to mention with that, because I feel like those two beliefs are huge and they keep coming back up for people. Food is the enemy. It's the thing that's making me, um, you know, the sugar, the diet, that the. the I, and I just don't think that way anymore. I used to think that way. I used to think there was an idea of, I'm um, addicted to sugar. I do think that we can get um, in a habit of having those um, those foods. But I believe that there's ways that we can break through, which we'll be talking about. And then that second belief, which is this idea that it really doesn't begin, my life doesn't really begin until I'm at a certain weight or I've lost a certain weight or I have this toned of arms or something like that, right? So we're going to talk a lot a lot about this kind of stuff on the other side of the break. I got to take a short break right now. But when we come back, we'll go, um, we'll delve deeper into this topic about dieting or not dieting. <laughs>
0: Kelly Backer offers one-on-one life and health coaching and personal training by phone, over Skype, and in person. Visit corebootcamps.com to find out more about Kelly and these programs. No matter your age, gender, fitness level, or goals, Kelly and her team of certified trainers are here to ensure that you become the best version of you. They can even come to your home or work, and group weight loss programs and classes are also available. Find us on the web at corebootcamps.com. That's korebootcamps.com. If you're in Baltimore or Hartford County, Maryland, you can check out the Core Bootcamp Studio and take advantage of our fitness classes. Led by Kelly Backer and her team of fitness professionals, we offer on site weight loss programs, challenges, and classes, including spin, sculpt, strength, yoga, and the popular full bootcamp. If you're a fitness beginner or at a top level, we already have a class that fits your style. For more information, visit corebootcamps.com or call us in Maryland at 443-640-5274. You are listening to Already Enough with Kelly Backer. To reach the show today, you may call in to one 472 5792 That's one 472 5792 Feel free to also send an email to Kelly's Bootcamps at gmail.com. Let's get back to Already Enough.
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show. So we have been talking, or I've been talking about... um. This topic of dieting, and I just, don't, I just don't think that, especially around this time of year, I think that we're doing ourselves a disservice by jumping up on that bandwagon again. I don't think diets work. Um, I've, just been, I've just been around this bin so many times, and they definitely didn't work for me. And, and the honest to God truth is I can't tell you how many clients got to their goal weight, and then they just kind of looked at me like, well, what now? So it was this idea that they set this goal weight, which was made up by them, because most of the numbers are. I don't even believe your doctor knows what truly what number you should be at, right? I just don't. I just don't believe that. So you get to this number, and then it's like, whoa, wait a second here. Now it's this idea of like, well, <laughs> like, what now, right? So – The the fact of the matter is is that like everything else else it doesn't bring you happiness. You think that it does, but then you get to that point and then it's never enough. Because the point the idea behind it is that you already don't feel like you're enough. If you felt like you were enough, you would eat when you're hungry, right? You would listen to your body, you would slow down, you wouldn't fight your appetite. But there's other stuff going on, and sometimes it's just a story that we're telling ourselves. If we can become really aware and get really still for a moment, and ask ourselves, "What is that story? Oh, I'm always going to have a big, um, a big bottom like my mom. Oh, um, oh, I have, I have this because, um, I have a problem with sugar because, you know, my whole life, my mom, my mom had me on a diet. All of these things can have semi-truth to them." But as long as we're hanging on to them and we keep playing that story over and over again, it keeps us stuck. So we have to become aware of the story so we can let go of the story so that we can come back to a good, nice, nutritional way of living and letting it go and so that we can move forward. So it's just choosing to see it differently, choosing to see it, letting it go and realizing and how our thoughts and our words are creating that experience and they're not supporting you. Right. So it's our own thoughts and it's our own way of thinking. And it's also what other toxic things are you putting inside of yourself? Besides the food, what are you, who are you following on Instagram? Who are you on social media with? Are they making you feel good? Or are they making you feel bad? Are the people that are in your life, are these toxic relationships or are these helpful and supportive relationships? So these are just some other things that honestly, if you've decided I'm going on a diet and I don't care, then maybe that diet should include some of those things. And sometimes we can't help who around, maybe we have a coworker who's extremely toxic or our boss or something like that. And there's lots of ways to to help with that. But one of the things that can help is if we can um just try to take a second to realize that we don't have to share everything with them. Does that make sense? Like if you have a, a friend of yours who um she's always on a diet and this and this and this and this, that may not be the person that you're gonna share with that you're gonna do it, some more intuitive eating. Because I know a lot of people push back on this type of eating and this kind of of talk. Because like I said before, is that those people who are, what are you doing? What are you eating? And then there's like a pause when I say, I just eat what I want when I want. There's like a pause, like how do you do that? Or I wish I could do that. And that's an interesting conversation. Many, many years, I was stuck in the story of I'm a compulsive overeater I um, to the point where I went to to Food Addicts Anonymous, I went to Overeaters Anonymous, I went to everything. I was in AA, you name it, I did it. And all of those things were extremely important to me when I look back at my relationship with food and I look at my journey. It was very important and I got a lot of things out of all of those places, especially with my therapy and my therapist and my one-on-one coaching and things like that. I've learned so much. But the point about that is, is that if you in those rooms they're very restrictive so we have to be careful with that right we have to be careful but the idea that our relationships and these toxic environments you can do it by just not sharing the things that you feel uncomfortable with sharing right so I think that that's important and I wanted to make that clear because we can we can control those things so back to this idea of when we um this idea of my story so when I'm saying well okay I'm a Compulsive overeater, I'm going through this and this and this drive-through every single day, I can't stop eating, I'm addicted to sugar. It was a story I was telling myself on repeat, and then it was just I kept doing it because I believed in it so much. And it wasn't until I started to learn to trust myself more. Just in general in life, trust the decisions that I was making, doing some inner inner spiritual work, getting stillness, meditating, starting to heal myself from some of the abuse that I had gone through. When that started to happen and I started to hang out with some more supportive people and create an environment that was healthier for me, my issues with food started to get less and less. And I started to believe less and less in my story. I remember writing out my story one time, therapist, and all of these things that I thought about, and she would just keep bumping back on me. Like I would say to her, "Well, I'm an emotional eater," and she would say, "Everybody's an emotional eater." And I was thinking, "Well, okay, I, I kind of want back, so <laughs> I have this problem, and I, I need you to help me." I didn't want her to shut me down. She's like, "Everyone's an emotional eater." She's like, "When do you? What do you, we do?" When we celebrate with friends' birthdays, we eat. What do we do at Thanksgiving, or even when somebody passes? What do we do emotionally? We're always around a table, so to say that food is not emotional is ridiculous. I think we're all emotional eaters. Another thing that I think is kind of crazy is this idea that we not only do we say that we're emotional eaters, but we'll say, "Well, sometimes I just I just eat when I'm bored," or "Just I just." I just eat for pleasure. Like, I just eat because I think it tastes good. And my answer back is, so what? I feel like everybody kind of does that, don't we? I mean, we're human beings. The problem happens. The problem arises when we make such a big deal out of that. We make such a big deal out of the cookie I've been there. So I would eat the one cookie, feel so bad about the cookie that I would eat the whole box of cookies. So it really wasn't about the cookie. It was about my thoughts about the cookie because I had judged the cookie. The cookie was the demon. The cookie was awful. The cookie was all of these things. Things. So, but it never really was about the cookie. It was about my thoughts about the cookie. So I couldn't get out of that cycle until I changed my thoughts. But you can't change your thoughts if you're not aware of your thoughts, So I think that the advice that I would give anybody that's struggling in this area is just to take a step back, to take a week, to just become, to not change anything with your diet necessarily, but just to become aware of your thoughts. aware Because sometimes we're so stuck in our thoughts, we don't even realize what we're saying. I mean, we might be saying to ourselves, oh, I deserve to eat that pan of brownies. I've had such a stressful day. My boss is such a jerk. I deserve it. Instead of, maybe we could switch that, I deserve not to. I deserve to go eat a healthy meal, go maybe get some movement for a walk, go spend some time with friends doing something differently. That's really what I deserve to do, right? Maybe we can switch it. Maybe we can switch it, but we can't switch it unless we're aware of it. So the first thing and most important thing is to be aware. And sometimes I think, It helps to journal our story and know it helped that for me, like what my story was, what my my beliefs were about myself. And I really felt stuck. I really had no idea that there was another way. I thought I was going to be on a perpetual diet for the rest of my life. I thought I was going to be in this living hell prison that I had created for myself forever and ever. I saw no way out. I saw no way out because I felt like food was the enemy and I felt like I just liked food better than other people. Other people don't have these struggles. And I just kept myself stuck in that cycle, not realizing that as I started to heal my relationship with myself, that things were, were getting better. And I had to start with just a, base, a basic awareness, awareness of the things that I was saying to myself, um, a, a think writing down that story and asking myself, how am I co-creating that story? Um. There was other questions I had to ask myself that were super helpful, and it was oftentimes, what is the feeling that I'm trying not to feel? Oftentimes, I was so anxious or so upset about something, and I was just trying to, instead of feeling that feeling, instead of realizing that I'm just a human being, and it's okay to have all these emotions, because oftentimes we're told, well, especially if you're a woman, There's this idea that we shouldn't be angry or we shouldn't be able to show our emotion or if you're crying, you're a basket case or you're hormonal or something like that. But instead, maybe we just feel that feeling and then we won't have to reach for whatever that is. And sometimes that takes a lot of the feelings and a lot of things that we have really deep inside of us and things that have happened to us in our past. That does take therapy. That does help that you do need a coach for that, right? You need someone to talk to. There's a lot of healing that there's a lot of trauma that we've been through and there's a lot of healing that needs to take place. But I'm telling you that the healing isn't found in a different diet plan. It's not found in intermediate fast fasting or another or another diet. It just That just seems silly to me. I feel like that's what we're all racing around doing because the bottom line is if you felt like you were enough or you were accepting yourself, then you're going to eat when you're hungry, you're going to stop when you're full, And maybe sometimes you'll overeat a little bit. Sometimes you'll eat the wrong foods. Sometimes you'll eat the right foods. But if you're really listening to what your body needs, and this takes time, guys. This sounds all butterflies and rainbows. And it didn't happen. I don't even think it always happens with me now. I don't think that, I think that oftentimes the diet consciousness does come back in for me like oh maybe I should try that or something like that and then I end up laughing at myself like I am right now but my point is is that I know it sounds like butterflies and rainbows but there is a different way there is a way if you have the slightest willingness I believe that there's a way out of diet mentality and out of being in a diet it takes time but you it but it can be helpful there's some books books out there um that body respect book that i said um and then there's another book called um the no it's called the slow down diet by mark david that's a good one you can find you can find eating disorder counselors you can talk you can hire a coach like me someone who's more of an intuitive eating like coach and not someone who's going to put you on a 30 days for 30 pounds yes there's not we aren't as prominent don't think out there as other as the others but we exist and I think that that's important it's important to have support right I think another thing that you could pay attention to as we're talking about kind of this awareness is how are you eating are you are you eating really fast and rapid like for me when I'm eating like if when I start to like, like well how am I eating I'm eating really fast like I'm driving down the road I'm shoveling in my carrot sticks I'm moving from this to this to this to this to this I'm really not digesting my food. Or some of us are really slowly eating, right? We're afraid to eat. We're really like, you have to remember, it's back to that idea that there's a direct correlationship between your relationship with food and your body and everything else that you're doing in your life. So if you can pay attention to that, then you're able to realize that, hey, so when I get in that habit now, I'm racing all around to different appointments and things, and I'm really going fast. I have to remember that that's not going to be the best for my digestive system. And it's also, I'm also going to be in a state where I didn't even, it didn't really even register psychologically that I ate. It's one of those moments where you've eaten and then you think, oh my gosh, my lunch is gone. Like I'm sitting at my desk working and I already ate right so so taking those moments to be present with our food and being present with ourselves i think are super important i think that's a i think that's it's it's so important that um that you just take a step away and that you're being really present with your food if we could if we could do that i think it'd be so helpful and it's helpful the science behind how your digestive system works and how even how well, Not only how well did we digest the food, but how many calories we burn and things like that. The science behind it is huge now where if you're in a state of relaxation, it's so much better for you than if you're um, in a state of anxiety or rushing, right? And your mindset comes into a lot of it too. I mean, you have those friends that you're like, you're like looking over at your friend, you're like, gosh, how can she just, you know, she's eating all that ice cream and she's doing all that. But it's interesting to watch those people They, they're just, they're just doing it because that's what they feel like eating. And that's what they feel like tasting. And then they eat it and then they just go on their merry way because their state, they're not full of anxiety. Oh God, I hate that one cookie. I got to eat the whole box. I'm supposed to be on a diet. I hate that sugar. What's it going to do to me? I'm not going to see how when you're in that rapid state you're not in a relaxed state at all so your digestive system is going to be like that too that's how your digestive system is going to be because that's how you're you're being and then another thing that's important i think is when we're becoming more aware and is to be the non-judgmental the non-judgmental witness to our behavior so i like saying that a lot because Although you're being the witness to what you're doing, like how fast or slow you're eating, what are the thoughts thoughts that you're having? What are the feelings you're trying not to feel? Some of these things, and all of them are a little bit hefty, so I'm not asking you, like, let's go do that right now. Everybody just go do that. It takes time. There's just some things that you could probably just be writing writing down right now and just be thinking about. And I think it's important that we are just the witness and we don't have to judge it. It just is. It is. If you overeat too much ice cream, which I sometimes do (laughs) because I love ice cream, I just am like, hmm, sometimes it's for no reason. Sometimes it's for, like, sometimes I'm just, I'm just witnessing it. I think it's helpful to see our relationship with food as like a scientific experiment, right? And see it as a journey. If you look back as a child child, and then you're, and you bring yourself kind of, if you can kind of just look at your relationship with, the, with food and body, how it's evolved, how you've changed, how your tastes have changed, how the things that you want to eat have changed. I think it's important to see that. And we're always evolving and changing. So maybe what you ate for the last 10 years for breakfast um, just doesn't feel good to you anymore. But we can't do that if we're like, no, I have to have two shakes a day and one lean meal says who if you're trusting yourself enough your body will tell you if you can sit and you can get in stillness and you can listen oh I feel like eggs today or I feel like you know what I feel like a muffin today or I kind of just feel like having that shake this morning I think if we can get in a place of trust, and it's easier said than done and I know that and we're going to go into this um a little bit deeper on this idea of coming back to trusting ourselves and being able to do some of those things. But just to kind of go over what over what we've talked about before is going into that awareness, what is your story? How are you co-creating it? What's that feeling that you don't want to feel, right? How are you eating? fast, slow? and how is that correlating with everything else you're doing in your life? And then just being the non-judgmental witness to your behavior, being that witness, just kind of witnessing, hey, what is it that I'm doing? Why am I doing that? What's the thoughts behind it? I think that those um, those are important, important. Because I think that if we have, if we're tired of the constantly being on this circle of dieting and we have that deep rooted desire, I think that we can witness those things. And I think that we can choose to see things differently. We can choose to see how are my thoughts and my words creating this experience and not supporting me. And then we can for, start to forgive ourselves, right? And then we can start to go in a different direction. I have to take another short break and then we will be back and we're going to go a little bit deeper into this idea of trusting ourselves selves and how we can make these changes. So I will see everybody on the other side of the break.
0: Kelly Backer offers one-on-one life and health coaching and personal training by phone, over Skype, and in person. Visit corebootcamps.com to find out more about Kelly and these programs. No matter your age, gender, fitness level, or goals, Kelly and her team of certified trainers are here to ensure that you become the best version of you. They can even come to your home or work, and group weight loss programs and classes are also available. Find us on the web at corebootcamps.com. That's korebootcamps.com. If you're in Baltimore or Hartford County, Maryland, you can check out the Core Bootcamp Studio and take advantage of our fitness classes. Led by Kelly Backer and her team of fitness professionals, we offer on site weight loss programs, challenges, and classes, including spin, sculpt, strength, yoga, and the popular full bootcamp. If you're a fitness beginner or at a top level, we already have a class that fits your style. For more information, visit corebootcamps.com or call us in Maryland at 443-640-5274. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Already Enough with Kelly Backer. To reach the show today, you may call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feel free to also send an email to Kelly's Bootcamps at gmail.com. Let's get back to Already Enough.
1: Hi, guys. Welcome back to the show. Um, so let's just kind of, I want to just open this next kind of segment up to this idea of, okay, Kelly, you want me to not diet. I've been dieting my whole life. I do want to lose some weight. So what am I supposed to do? So that's a good question. <laughs> some of you are probably thinking, I don't know what to do. This like, you're making it, it, it sound like uh, it's not, it's just not that easy for me. I've been, you know, I have these issues with food, blah, 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 blah. So I get it. I understand it. So where I started, as I started, I told you, I did a lot of different things, right? And I had a lot of different support systems that helped me along the way. And um, I had a really big willingness to want to change. That was what was huge for me is I was definitely tired of of being on the diet. I was tired of it. And I wanted to live my life and I wanted things to be differently. And I was willing to. To do the work, I guess, is what I should say. Because it's not easy. It's going to be be hard. It's not, but so is dieting. I like when people say, well, it's hard doing kind of intuitive eating. Because this is all I've ever known. And I have this mindset. And I'm like, yeah. And it's hard to be on a diet, too, every single year. And every single day. And not really, like, really. And on the other side of this is peacefulness, is joy, is more happiness, is is more, is more getting to the heart of what's really going on, right? So that that's what it is about. And I think with with a diet, if we're talking about like what you should and what you shouldn't eat and all those things, I think the most important thing is just to listen to your own intuition. And like I was talking about before the break, is it's this, this experiment, right? Like you're seeing your seeing your relationship with food as an experiment. And I think, so that means like, try different things. Like, let's try something and then check in with yourself. Like, well, how did that meal work? Did it feel good in my body? Does it give me more energy? Um, Is it, you know, did it make me feel sick? Did I have, did, like, did I have low energy? Like, when you start to play around with things like that, then what does, and sometimes that, that, like I said before, that evolves over time as well. And sometimes it can be like, oh, my gosh, I loved that. I loved having that for lunch. And I didn't think that that was something that I could, you know, quote, unquote, have. Right. So sometimes we um, it's just playing around with it and seeing and taking some time to just kind of see it differently. I think that that's important. Um, Another thing is that we do get a lot of we can get pleasure from food, but I think sometimes when we're on a diet, a perpetual diet, we forget to have pleasure that other things bring us pleasure too. So I think that an important thing is maybe to write down like a pleasure inventory, right? Everything in your life you can think of that could be people, places, feelings, activities, could even be foods, little things, big things, whatever, you know, comes up. But sometimes it's helpful to have that. And then it, and as you complete it, you can can always kind of go back to your list and kind of go up. You may have some insight. Something might jump out at you. You might notice that um, the things that are on your list, you need to include more into your daily or your weekly life. Like I think oftentimes there's things that I'm like, gosh, I haven't done that in such a long time. Sometimes for years. And I think that's so silly. I love to do that. So I think it's important as we start to heal our relationship with food and body to create more pleasure in other areas and to make sure that we're doing things that we love to do. I think that helps a great deal, right? So we're healing some of the things that we need to heal. We're paying attention to the story and how we're co-creating it and we're also um adding more pleasure into our like into our life and and maybe um once we do that we can notice how is that pleasure impacting my life? How do I need to bring more of that in? And just taking a breath and really trusting ourselves to know. So we're trusting ourselves. It's going to be, it's hard sometimes when you haven't trusted yourself a long time with food and body or accepted yourself. And that's not going to happen overnight. That's not, that's not something that you wake up and you're like, okay, I, you know, I took these five steps that Kelly's given me and I'm all, all set now. That's not really how it works, but I'm telling you that it, gets better. It was a prison being in the size. It, it was, it's the best feeling when you wake up on January 1st and you're not on a diet. It's the best thing. I can have whatever I want to have today. And that's another thing is sometimes when I tell my clients, go eat whatever you want. They're like, no, you don't understand. I'm going to have like 10 pizzas. I'm going to eat all the sugar. I'm, I'm going to say, I say, do it. Here's the reason why you should do it. Because you won't. You will do that because I said, like I said, go eat whatever you want for three days. You won't even make it through the first day because if you do what you say you're going to do, you're going to be so sick (laughs) and you're going to be in the bathroom and you're going to feel so terrible that you're not even going to want to eat the next day. So that idea that you're just going to, if you're let loose, that this, that you're just going to go crazy and you're going to, and maybe you will, maybe you'll eat Maybe as we start, if you start to transfer into this idea of intuitive eating, maybe you do start to allow yourself to have some of the foods that you didn't allow yourself to have before. And maybe that's just okay. Maybe that's just okay. Maybe that's what you need to do so that you can get to this other side. And then you pay attention to how it feels, and then you don't want to feel that way anymore, and we and, and you don't do that so much. And then maybe you go back to it again, and you do it again. I said in... um. In, in one of the things I, I think I I always ask some of my my clients when they first come to me I say what is your relationship with the scale and they're like and me I was on the scale five who knows how many times a day morning, night after the gym before the gym before I drank my glass of water before, after I ate my one chip whatever it was I was constantly on that thing we were, I was running to that thing to make sure that I was okay, whatever that was, whatever that made up number was for me. Some people have jump on that scale all the time and some people have, you know, it's hidden for them, like I'm never going to be on it. And so I think it's important to understand your relationship with the scale because I think that it can cause a lot of harm. Like if you get on that scale and that causes you to have a bad day, one thing that I do with my clients is I ask them, to bring me their scale. And I said, can you please bring me your scale for 30 days? And then I'm going to give it back to you. And you can be on that scale as much as you can. I'm just asking for 30 days. And they do, most of them do, some of them don't. But it's interesting what happens because oftentimes after they've the 30 days is over, they never ask for it back because they don't want to be in that space again. And they're so grateful that they don't have it. I can't even remember the last time. I think it was the do- when I went to the doctors. But that's another thing. You can always stand on the scale backwards. What if that number, you made it, That num- there was no meaning. What if we just did things based on how we felt? I feel good today. I feel healthy today. I was able to go ride my bike all around today. I took my dog for a walk today. and felt great. I ate. I had a great night's sleep. My- I feel good why can't we judge ourselves based on those things why is it that number why are we attached to that it's just something to think about because when we start talking about it like this i think we can see like how idiotic it is how silly it can be that we have put so much on that number and so much i mean are your friends gonna like you less are the people that you love and care about are, are you gonna love them less like, what does it really mean? Are you going to die? You're going to be laying on your deathbed and say, oh, I just really wish I would have lost those last 10 pounds or those 25 pounds. I don't think so. I don't think that's how this works. So it's important to take the broader perspective of it as well. Again, it's not easy. It's not easy. I'm not asking. I'm not saying that it, it, that it is. But I believe that there, if you can try and you can do some of these tools and you can search out for intuitive eating coaches or working with someone like me and we can, we can guide you and give you tips and give you the support that you need. I think you can get to the other side of it and the other side over here is so much more fun. <laughs> I love waking up and not being on a diet. I love that I'm giving myself permission to have whatever I want today. That's another thing. It's it's like that purple dinosaur. So, so if you tell someone, don't think about a purple dinosaur, don't think about a purple dinosaur, all of a sudden we're thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it. So it's this idea like, don't think about that cookie. Don't think about it, right? Then we're going to think about it more. So just staying in tune to body wisdom is important. Tuning into if there is a diet that's being called to you and you feel really good about it, pay attention to how you feel with it. What's your intuition telling you? And we have to go through stillness, Right. To, to get there. But I believe that you guys can. So I'm starting to kind of, we're starting to kind of close out the show a little bit now, but I want to thank everybody for listening and just realizing that if you can, with your relationship with food, if you can marry it, with some type of spiritual practice or marry it with some type of counselor or therapist or health coach like me, more intuitive or you're reading those books or you're following. There's so many great people to follow on social media and maybe deleting um, some of the other unnecessary ones, the ones that make you feel bad. I believe that you can get to the other side of it. I believe it. So um, I was able to have this conversation with you guys tonight and so just like when i'm when we're closing this out just remember that your appetite is your natural inborn and it's necessary as a human being so don't fight it you don't need to fight it it's it's keeping you healthy it's keeping you strong when you're hungry let's eat right let's pay attention to those things let's get the help that we need Let's get the help that we need. Let's get the support that we need. Let's reach out to coaches like myself and other people, life coaches. There's so many wonderful people out there that will help you and be supportive of you as you're not going on your diet. Um, writing down your story and and looking at your story and the beliefs that you're having And asking yourself what the feeling is that you're trying not to feel and paying attention to how you're eating. And is that correlating with anything else going into your life? And maybe that your relationship with food is just that tap right on your shoulder saying, hey, I need you to pay attention to something else over here. I need to pay attention to your relationship with so and so or your relationship with your own self. Right. Or this this thing that's going on at work or this thing that happened three years ago that you really haven't gotten over. It's a tap on the shoulder. Okay. So as I close out today, remember that as we are the witness to all these things that we can bring it with, we can be the non-judgmental witness. We don't have to judge ourselves for any of the things that we do. The overeating, the undereating, we're just here having being human beings and you're already enough. It's just like the show. It's just like my show title. You're already enough, right? Just as you are in this today, you're just on this life journey. Like the rest of us trying our best, right? So, I hope that um, you got something out of today's show. And I hope that um, maybe it will help you to start a new journey. And maybe not. Maybe you'll go right back on staying on your restrictive diet. And that's okay, too. I hope that... that you'll come back to my words and you'll come back to this so that you can feel the freedom that I feel and that so many other people free, free have the freedom to do what they really want to do in life because we're not so concerned with um, with our diet and being so restrictive. So thank you so much for listening today. And um, if you, if you ever want to be in touch with me, Core Bootcamps is also doing virtual fitness classes now too, so I'm super excited that my studio. If you're wherever you are in the world, you can take my um, our fitness classes virtually. So that's CoreBootcamps.com, and that's super exciting. So I have lots of good things going on. Reach out to me with anything if you if you need any advice on coaching or intuitive eat of eating or anything like that or exercise. Thank you so much for listening, and have a great Friday.
0: Thank you for listening to Already Enough. You can join Kelly Backard again for another edition next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Until we speak again, what can you let go of this week to realize you are already enough?